Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. Okay, good afternoon, y'all. This is Jim in Florida. Um, I've been sober about a year now. Um, I've been in the program about seven years. And uh, I'm going to apologize in advance for background noise. um, But uh, there's nothing I can do about that. So if at any point it becomes unreasonable, just let me know. Um, I'll finish early and um, there'll be more time for shares. So just a little bit on how I came into this program. Um, starting at the age of eight, my oldest brother taught me about um, looking at pictures of uh, women in magazines, um, mostly just uh, like the J.C. Penney's catalog, um, and how to masturbate. So at the tender age of eight um, is how I began on this journey. Um, so I continued to grow up. That became kind of um, from the beginning just a pastime or a pleasurable experience to, I would say, in my teenage years um, at that point, uh, addiction. Um, did not identify it as addiction, just uh, as a bad choice. Um, then I would try to change that and eventually return uh, to that choice. Um, I married. We had three children. Um, I had a career in the military and um, continued to progress in in the disease um, until about the age of 40. I had uh, kind of a simultaneous crisis in my marriage and in my work, um, which made me realize that there was something wrong in my life and I needed to figure out what it was. Um, I had never been to counseling before that time. My wife at the time said she wanted to go to counseling, so I agreed to that. Um, And eventually the counselor suggested to me that that I had an addiction. Um, My take on that was that he was uh, rude and mean and a name caller. And um, subsequently when my wife repeated that to me at home, um, that, that I had an addiction, uh, I got angry because that's what addicts do. They don't want to face the truth. They get angry. Uh, I thought she was a name caller. Uh, but um, I guess what brought me around to understanding that that was true, um, I had a friend who lived nearby, a friend from college, and he um, and I are kind of close. And He said to me, I have some friends who, who are in jail 
for addiction issues and um, one or two of the things that you said and things that I see uh, remind me of them and their situation. So instead of him telling me, you know, that I was an addict, he just suggested that maybe it was a thought worth considering, kind of giving me permission to decide for myself. And uh, thinking that through, I did come to realize that I had an addiction. I just didn't know then what to do about it. I uh, was not familiar with 12-step programs. You hear me okay? I hear crackling on the line. Hopefully you guys can still hear me. Um, yeah, so um, he kind of told me about 12-step programs, and I was able to um, find SA in uh, 2011. Started attending phone meetings regularly. Uh, well, in-person meetings first, and then from there I learned about phone meetings. And uh, pretty much for the last seven years or so, I've attended a phone meeting every day or almost every day, whenever I could. Uh, I'm calling you right now actually from outside the United States using Skype. I still attend a phone meeting every day um, from, from here in my deployed location. Um, so a few things I've learned in the program, you know, as I've gone through the steps, honesty is the first step. Uh, I had to learn to be honest with myself. And uh, that was probably the hardest thing to do. Because once you're honest with yourself, um, then you feel like you have no hope. Um, I've always, I've grown up in a religious um, setting. My family is very religious. And um, I've always believed that God loved me. And I always believed that I was trying to do the right thing. Um, so it didn't take me long, I guess, to figure out where my hope was. My hope is in God, my higher power, and uh, that's where I continue to find my hope. He's uh, won the victory for me in all things, and uh, there's nothing that I can do that's going to take that away or uh, nullify that. Again, I apologize. Okay, um, so yeah, the, um, the program has helped me a lot. Uh, I did have six of, over six years of sobriety. Uh, about a year ago, I gave up that sobriety um, because of emotional distress. Hold on. Again, I apologize for the, for the background noise. I was having um, some challenges in my life. I had been through a divorce. Um, uh, I was sober through a two-year separation and a six-month divorce process, and uh, several months after that, but I, I had begun a new, a new relationship and um, was having some challenges from my ex-wife, my teenage son and my girlfriend at the time and uh, used um, the addictive behavior, the acting out uh, to soothe myself from uh, strong emotions and difficulties in my life. So I'm now very much more aware of that and um, 
have not had a relapse in about 13 months now. So I'm very grateful for um, my sobriety from day to day. Um, I've been able to help other people along their path, as many have helped me along my path uh, in this program. Um, yeah, bringing things to the light and having accountability, uh, I think that's where where it's at for um, continued day-to-day sobriety. Was there a comment or a question? Okay. I don't know if you guys are still with me, so I'm just going to pause here and ask if anyone has any comment or question at this point to make sure you guys are still, that we're still on the line together. Yeah, Jim, we're here, but we're going to wait for any type of questions when you're completely finished with your share. And I'll let you know, um, but no, you're good. We're with you. Okay. I'm used to a little bit more interactive format, so um, good. Um, So the 12 steps, uh, I did step four. That was probably the hardest one. I made a complete and written uh, inventory of my failings and um, all the aspects of my disease. I did that with my uh, friend from college who acted as my first sponsor. And um, and when I was done with that, um, I was ready to move on and not repeat repeat the past. put that behind me, um, just with the knowledge that, you know, I wouldn't forget it, but, uh, that I wouldn't also repeat it. So, um, with the help of this program, I was able to achieve um, over six years of sobriety in a row. And honestly, um, with this program, I now have the tools that I need to, uh, continue that for the rest of my life. And I'm very grateful to have those tools in my toolbox. Um, certainly this is not something that I have done by myself. Um, I've gone to meetings and made friends and taken advantage of um, the opportunity to get guidance from sponsors. Um, That's how I've been able to stay sober and meet my goal. Um, One thing that came to mind as I was preparing to give this um, uh, message to you guys was that At some point, I had to basically decide that my number one priority on any given day uh, was my sobriety and my recovery. And um, it was only really after I made that decision uh, that I was able to see continued success from day to day uh, as I made it my top priority. And something that uh, deepened that and strengthened that was um, that I began to every day, first thing in the morning, uh, my first conscious thought, I would... uh, Turn, I and still do turn my life and my will over to God uh, right off the bat uh, in the morning and then try to follow through with that throughout the day with my actions and my choices. Um, in all honesty, uh, I can't do this by myself uh, in the end. Uh, I do rely on my higher power. There's a lot I can do. Um, there's a lot of reaching out I can do to get help from others. Um, but in the end, I definitely cannot do this by myself. Um, trying to trying to live a, a right life by myself uh, got me into the disease and kept me there. Um, it's only when I bring things to the light and uh, seek accountability 
and confess um, that things that like temptations uh, that I have are diminished and eliminated and I'm able to move forward. So uh, turning my life over to God, uh, as we talk about in step three, um, turning things over to God, I found that what I needed to do was not just turn every um, lust temptation uh, over to God, but uh, my whole life over to Him. And that has been a um, surefire way to continue in, in my recovery. Reading a psalm once, it said uh, that God leads us by the still waters. And uh, my life went from turbulent waters to still waters. Um, as I've turned my life over to him every day. Very grateful for that. So I've, I've found honesty, i found hope, and, uh, and i found strength that comes from surrender, surrendering my life and my will to God. I'm going to close it out from there. There is quite a bit of um, background noise here, and as I said, there's nothing I can do about that. So I'm going to call that good for today and, um, and take any questions and listen to any um, subsequent discussion. Thank you for letting me share. And um, I really appreciate this noon group. It's a really good group. The um, phone meetings are outstanding, as well as the, uh, WhatsApp, uh, the WhatsApp group and all the discussions on there. Thanks again for letting me uh, share with you guys, and um, I'll turn the time back.